Hey everybody, welcome to Talk Gnosis After Dark. I am a host, Father Tony Sylvia, and another host is Jonathan Stewart. Hello, Jonathan. Hello, I am a host. <laughs> we are together hosts, and uh, this is, we should say voice of because your video is not working right now, but nobody knows that but the Patreon subscribers. So hello, Patreon subscribers. I'm waving so that the people who are only listening to the podcast can't see. Anyway, that's not what we came here to talk about. We came here to talk about conspiracy theories and to help us uh, sort out all of the interconnected web of lies, we have Arthur Goldwag. Hello, Arthur. Thanks once again for joining us. Hello. So, uh, to be here. Yeah. So we had a great conversation on the video show about uh, kind of where, they co where conspiracy theories come from and why people might believe in them. So, but let's now start talking about some specific theories and, uh, and some interesting things about that. Um, you mentioned, uh, or somebody mentioned, the Taxil host, hoax. Sorry, I'm already thinking about what I already said. Um, the Taxil hoax in the, uh, in the video show. Um, are, are, you, um, are you prepared to speak a little bit about that? Or can you give us a, a rundown of what that was? Well, Taxil is... The story is amazing. You think somebody made it up. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and in fact, a character in, in Umberto Eco's novel, The Prog Cemetery. Hmm. Um, but Taxel was his, it's a very long name. I can't remember. I have it written down, but I don't want to go groping through papers <laughs> again. It's like, you know, one of these very elaborate French names. Yeah. Um, I think he was Swiss, really. But. But he, because um, early on he had another hoax where he said there were sharks in Lake Geneva, hmm. and he planted stories in the newspapers and created a shark panic, which um, we <laughs> and we he do sold to this the day. only can of shark repellent in the whole Swiss <laughs> countryside, right? But anyway, Taxel was a free thinker in the mid 19th century, and he wrote vicious anti-catholic books and that was really you know the high the the heyday of anti-catholicism and then he had a miraculous change of heart he became a catholic and he um he began to investigate masonry and stumbled on uh, in scotch rite masonry he stumbled on a uh, a satanic, uh, Satan-worshipping group. And he, there's a famous quote that's attributed to Albert Pike that... Um, let's see what the quote is. Oh, the true and pure philosophical religion is the belief in Lucifer. And anyway, then he he um, he produced he he dug up some people who were involved in Satanism, and he um, and then in the, sometime in the 1890s he was going to deliver some devastating thing. I think he was going to name some high high-ranking leaders of this uh, the the Satanic group. They were called pal it was called Paladism, and he called a press conference, and the press showed up. And he stood up and he said, guess what? I made this whole thing up. And the Catholic Church just ate it up because I was telling them what they wanted to hear. Mm -hmm. None of this is true. And it was sort of, um, today we have the yes men that, that play these corporate pranks. Like when, you know, they, they 
recently they they pretended to be someone from Union Carbide saying that they were going to pay these huge reparations to the people of Bhopal, India. And they, you know, it's, it's um, devastating. It's the use of, of media to, to play um, deadly serious pranks. <laughs> um, anyway, what one of the things that Taxel did was he planted the association between the Masons and Satanism. Mm -hmm. It's never going to go away. Yeah. Even if he did it to make the Catholics look stupid, um, it, he, he, he did harm to the Masons. Except he didn't really do harm because people believe this stuff anyway. Yeah. And just as there was this huge body of anti-Catholic literature in the 19th century, there was also an enormous body of anti-Masonic literature. Um, in this country, we had an anti-Masonic political party. Um, John Quincy Adams wrote an astonishingly boring book, which I've read, <laughs> about about the, the monstrousness of, of, of the Masons. Um, it's also interesting that, you know, at the height of the anti-Mason panic, we had a president who was a Mason, Andrew Jackson. So it, it, it wasn't... Um, it, it it became very um, disreputable, but not so disreputable that you couldn't be president of the United States. Mm -hmm. um, but when you get into this whole thing with esoteric masonry, with revolutionary masonry, with, you know, everything that people say about the Masons, in some ways it is true. I mean, if you were in South America, the Masons were involved in revolutionary politics. Mm -hmm. um, there have been Masons in very far left politics in Europe. There have been Masons in very far right politics in Europe. Um, but what's interesting to me about Taxol and what was interesting to Umberto Eco about Taxol was how you know he coincides with this much, much more consequential hoax, which was the publication of the, of the Protocols of the Elders of Zion. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, a lot of the source material for the Protocols of the Elders of Zion was anti-Masonic propaganda. Oh. So, um, um, and what the Protocols say, basically, is that the Jews are using the Masons. Mm -hmm. um, it's very timely, actually, because the, um, uh, just yesterday, uh, the FBI announced that they thwarted a plot by a guy to... Um, go into the Milwaukee Masonic Temple and shoot up a bunch of people. So, and you know, claiming the same kinds of things that you see in the protocols, and uh, and and all the anti-masonry stuff that you know stems from from Taxil and others. So, uh, this stuff is is still going on today, and and, uh, and is is pretty dangerous. It, it is, um, and it's at the heart of so many political hatreds, even if people don't know it. Even if the, you know they think, oh well, you know I hate Islam, the 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 template that they're using comes from um, comes from anti-Illuminism, and I mean, sir, I I didn't mention, I didn't get into this in the um, in the other in the in the um, in the filmed interview, but the um, you know. So, Two of the, the really really important books in conspiracy theory are the are the um, 
the the Barrowell book on um on on the the Illuminati and the Robeson book on the Illuminati, which both came out in the 1790s, uh, that say that the illuminated masonry was the force behind the French Revolution. Mm-hmm. And um, I would say that, that when you want to understand the most florid conspiracy theories, <laughs> you look to those books, you look to the Protocols of the Elders of Zion, you look to... Taxel, you look to Nesta Webster, but there, there's really, you know, there, there's a, a library of books that you can fit on your desk pretty easily mm-hmm. that are the source of um, probably hundreds of thousands of conspiracy books. Mm-hmm. They, they, they come from those places. Um, the not the father of 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 reptile alien theory. David Icke, I was reading today, he probably plagiarized his first big book from a Russian writer. <laughs> but um, but certainly the guy that's made the most money from it. Mm-hmm. And he has a huge world tour in 2016, 2017. He's coming to New York. I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been, I guess he had not been allowed in Australia for a long time. <laughs> anyway, I mean, Icke, if you take away the lizards it's it's all the protocols of the elders of zion hmm. i mean it's he 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 cites it he cites it chapter and verse and he says you know the 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 um it isn't really the masons it isn't really the jews it's it's these aliens it's satan i mean i the way i keep looking at it mm-hmm. it's, it's satan yeah but um but anyway that's that's Taxel, and I, I, um, I got way afield. No, that's fine. Uh, I wanted to also mention that Taxel has a, has a connection to Gnosticism in that um, Jules Duanel, who was the uh, instigator of the Gnostic Restoration of the 1890s, uh, left his, the church that he founded to go and follow Taxel after, after Taxel's book and, and, uh, you know, and, and world tour. Uh, actually left the, his church uh, in the hands of somebody else, renounced it, and went off to follow Taxel. And then when Taxel announced that it was all a hoax, he comes crawling back and says, hey guys, can I come hang out in the church again? And the new guy who was in charge says, yeah, but you go over there. You, you're not in charge anymore, you go over there. <laughs> and so that's a, yeah, it's a super interesting story, and one day I want to make a movie out of it. I think it'll be really good. <laughs> it's it's a fascinating fascinating tale and, and again just as you said it's movie worthy but it's it it is it's 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 like a novel it's like something you would make up absolutely that that epic um, to dwell just a little bit on, on Taxel and just to clarify so it's it's not just a Taxel is one of the the templates of of both anti Masonic uh, claims and other conspiracy theories but you can you can. Like I've seen specific claims from Taxel, not not general, but specific lies that he made up, stood up and said that were lies, freshly circulating around on the internet now. I think I've I've seen them repeated by uh, Jack Chick, who's um, for those uh-huh. who don't know him, and, and everybody should know him uh, out there. Everybody go to Chick.com and and waste a few hours of your life. He's a, a fundamentalist Christian conspiracy theorist who makes these these free tiny comic books that 
you've probably seen around on buses or subways. Um, and, and many of them do have a, a conspiratorial bent. And he has a, a number of them on Masons, uh, where he, he takes specific claims from a, from a, a conspiracy theory that we know to be debunked since the person who made it up stood up and, and said it. So just the, mm-hmm. the, the specific, it, it being so specific uh, and us knowing it's by a hoaxer really kind of boggles my mind. An admitted well, hoaxer, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, we, we already organically got on to David Icke, Arthur, so maybe we can, uh, we can dwell on him for a moment so if he he believes that that the world is run by by shape-shifting lizard people but they're they're originally extra-dimensional aliens who can interbreed of humans i believe and change shapes and they rule the world is that is that yeah and and they have a bloodline that takes in all of the usual evil (laughs) people you know the Queen of England and the Bushes and the um, all all of the same characters that turn up in in all the other conspiracy theories, except in um, Ike they're lizards. Um, there, there, Ike the movie with um, I can't remember. They live. Is that the name of the yeah, movie? They live, Row- yeah. Rowdy Roddy Piper, mm-hmm. which is actually yes. a good movie. Yeah, <laughs> great movie. I love it. Yeah. I mean, I, I I really enjoyed the movie. <laughs> um, I don't know if he got the idea from the movie in addition to this Russian writer, or if the movie got the idea from him. It seems to resonate with people. Mm-hmm. There was that TV show V. Yep, and that was the same idea too. Um, I, I just, you know, I, I try to follow his politics, um, and it disturbs me a little bit because, you know, in some respects, they're not that different than mine. Um, <laughs> you know, I, he, he, he doesn't seem that far right wing to me. And um, some of the people that he hates, I hate too. <laughs> but but he hates them. Be, um, he puts them in the context of a, of a whole world that I don't acknowledge exists. Um, and it's not unlike Jack Chick's world either. It's a world that's ruled by the Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a world, um, you know, NWO, New World Order. Um that's that's a that's a uh, um, that's a huge thing with people with very different politics and very different belief systems, except that they're all the same. Um, when 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 you finally look at them, and when you um, who's the guy that wrote Pale Horse Pale uh, Pale Horse? What's his name? Mm, I don't know. Oh, that that's. That's the one about the end of the world, uh, like Revelation and uh, like no, fundamentalism. He, is it? He's, no, he was killed by. I have the book right here. Okay. Hold on. He's an American, William Cooper, Milton William Cooper, and the book is Behold a Pale Horse, and he is one of the very few New World Order theorists who actually was killed by the government. The um, sheriffs came to him. He he had... um, Anyway, he had had this whole arc 
where he w was a behold a pale horse is about the Masonic conspiracy and the protocols of the elders of Zion are, are um, in the appendix in their entirety mm. and he says that there's a Mason that the new world order is the Masons they control everything and then he realized and and there's aliens involved in it too okay. he had a theory about the Kennedy assassination that they were killing Kennedy because he had come on the um, he had where did the flying saucer crash in Roswell. The 19th? Roswell. yeah he had he had found out the truth about Roswell mm. and the driver of the car actually killed him and then he he realized he, another twist it's like when you read about spies and counter spies and counter counter spies and they finally go insane mm -hmm. he realized that it was all disinformation and that all of the stuff about aliens had been he had been tricked into publishing this to it was like the a false flag to 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 discredit him yeah. and anyway he was a tax protester too and the sh sheriff came to take him out of his house I think they were repossessing his house and they ended up killing him so but um, how did I get on to Cooper because you can't uh, talk David how, how, lizards Illuminati <laughs> the Illuminati the protocols of the elders of Zion it's all connected man revelation well it is all connected and you know Robert Anton Wilson it's well, you know, you talk about like the, the paranoia, the paranoia-inducing qualities of of mysticism, and the paranoia-inducing qualities of hallucinogenic drugs, the paranoia, paranoia-inducing qualities of radical politics, um, yeah. because you know, people really may be out to kill you. Mm -hmm. I mean. It, may actually be true and the government may be tapping your phones and it's well, not we know that's true <laughs> no i mean all of the you know like I, like i was saying before it isn't that it's all so stupid and ridiculous but the way that <laughs> when it's as seamless as it is in a, in, a, in, a, in a Cooper, even if it's the million recursions and everything, it's still seamless because there's, there's always a controlling power. Even if the controlling power is wearing different masks and telling him different things, they're absolutely controlling. Mm -hmm. And he's, and 10 seconds till the end of the world and only he can stop it. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of um, now the the other danger of um, people that get into mysticism and people that get into conspiracy theory. Um, there's the danger that you'll get grandiose and start controlling people. If 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 you're a good salesman and people come to you, um, if you can fill up stadiums like David Icke can. Um, but there's also the danger that that you'll lose your mind and and decide that you're God. Mm -hmm. That um, since you've solved all of these problems, um, since since you've broken every code, 
um, since you know, since you've 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 read it all so completely, um, you must be the Messiah. Yeah. And and when you look at the history of Kabbalah, pretty much every one of the really significant Kabbalists at some point decided that they were the Messiah, <laughs> and it's kind of it's kind of scary. <laughs> Well, and I, I would be remiss if I didn't point out that um, the Gnostic creation story uh, or stories uh, lend themselves really, really well to conspiracy theory. I, you know, the, the, the idea that there is this kind of um, malevolent force that is trying to keep us from the truth and he has all these minions called archons that are set out to... You know, maintain the status quo and all that stuff. It, it, it's not a huge leap from there to shape-shifting reptilian overlords. It really isn't. Now, why do you, why do you think that um, the Gnostics were not conspiracy theorists? No, I wouldn't say that. I, I, uh, the and you're a Gnostic. You're a practicing Gnostic. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, and I, I always feel like I'm just on that line <laughs> between the two. Like, because if you, if you take this stuff literally, and, and sometimes you, you do and sometimes you don't, I don't know, it's very difficult to, to discern that um, if there are these forces, whatever you want to call them, that are maintaining the, um, the illusion of reality and uh, hiding us from the, the pleroma or whatever kind of sequence of events you, you take, then it's, it's very easy to start seeing the boogeyman kind of behind everything, I think. And I think a lot of people have gone that way uh, and, and kind of, you know, made that leap into full-blown conspiracy. Well, this it could is... be a particular... Oh, sorry. I was about to say, just, just going back to your comparison of, of, of Kabbalah, you know, uh, the, the, the great practitioners of, of Kabbalah end up all thinking they're the Messiah, mm -hmm. right? So it's, it's a particular danger of, of, that, of that mystical tradition. And perhaps the particular danger of Gnosticism could be that you can, you know, because you have this mythology, you have this symbolism, uh, and you have these ideas and feelings about the Archons and Demiurge, that there is that danger of, of you know, <laughs> that is the specific danger of that spiritual tradition yeah, but of falling. Following the conspiracy theory. But here, here's like the hallmark of Gnosticism is that we live in a world that, that, that's full of illusion. Mm -hmm. It isn't real. Yeah. I mean, it plays, play, play, it's, it's kind of Platonism. Mm -hmm. um, oh, very much so. And the, 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 thing, the things that are eternal and the things that are pure are ideas and they're in a different realm. Than, than this world. Every time I move my arms, it looks weird on the screen. I got to stop doing that. <laughs> um, but here's the thing: what the Gnostics are saying is that the world isn't the way that everybody says it is. Mm -hmm. um, the God you're worshiping may be a false god. Now, if you think about it, I was just reading today. This is I. Because I was getting ready for you guys, I was going back and reading Lyndon LaRouche and stuff, and it was really disturbing. And then I I, I picked up um, Jane Jacobs' uh, Life and Death of Great American Cities, which is a book about urban planning. And I open it up, and she's writing about Dr. Benjamin Rush, 
who um, the the great colonial uh, patriot and organizer, and he also he started the hospital in Philadelphia, and he was the American leader in bleeding technology, the science of bleeding. Mm-hmm. And he he wrote the book on how you bleed people to cure pneumonia and how you bleed people to cure scarlet fever and smallpox and everything else. You know, it was thanks to his medical knowledge that George Washington died in his 60s because they bled the man to death mm-hmm. when he had pneumonia. Rush was wrong about everything. And in his day, he was the absolute authority. And, um, you know, these things, back when, um, you know, back when the Gnostics were writing, everybody knew that the sun circled around the earth. Mm -hmm. Everybody knew it. It was absolutely true. And people knew that there was absolutely no point in washing your hands before, you know, doing surgery on somebody because um, there was no such thing as germs or Mm -hmm. whatever. And if there was a plague, it was because the Jews were poisoning the wells. It wasn't because the fleas on on rats were going, you know, rats from ships were... The world really does change. Mm -hmm. And it it changes, so you know, quantum mechanics, I mean, nobody understands this stuff. They think they do. But all that you need to understand in a working way is that... um, all that you need to understand is that you don't understand mm-hmm. that 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 gravity doesn't work the way you think it does. That that you know that the, there's this thing called relativity, and it's really really complicated. And yeah. you know, and time exists and as a as its own dimension and so on. The world, the people that are absolutely rational, and that that. You know that that have their both feet on the ground are often completely wrong, mm-hmm. and and we debunkers have to be really really aware of that, and um, I think maybe that makes me a, um, a an untypical debunker. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I'm not a religious believer, but I can't stand reacts on religion. Um, I want to know about religion. I want to know what they're thinking, because really, really, you know, most of the really, really brilliant people in history, um, a lot of their thinking was formed by their religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, so the whole, you know, the, the that line between inspiration and insanity and stuff, or that line between revelation and insanity, it is really interesting to me. And um, there's this theory I read somewhere that that the hallmark of, a hallmark of of conspiracy theory, it's also a hallmark of a lot of Gnosticism, um, or, or, Gnosticism, as as it's as it's reflected through Kabbalism or something like that, through 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 some esoteric tradition, you know, patternicity, mm-hmm. the the ability to discern patterns, um, and there's a theory, you know, if if you have two, if if it's over, if you if if you're overly patternistic, 
then you become paranoid. You get described as paranoid because, because you know, everything leads you to the Illuminati. Mm -hmm. Everything leads you to the Jews or something. You know, you're nuts. And when people start to get Alzheimer's disease, you know, one of the symptoms, well, not when, the, when people have Alzheimer's, one of the symptoms is, is they start accusing people of stealing from them and plotting against them and so on. Paranoia seems to, you know, some kinds of brain damage produce some kinds of paranoia. Um, but I'm about to lose my train of thought, and it's a disaster because I was going to say something really, really fascinating. <laughs> uh, so please tell me what was I just saying? Okay, uh, paranoia. Um, uh, we started by talking the about the yeah the Gnostic creation myth. And oh, okay, myth. okay. So here's so I was reading about patternicity and evolution. Why why would why would evolution why would people be naturally selected for patternicity why wouldn't why wouldn't something that, that makes you crazy um why wouldn't that have disappeared from the species um and the answer is because even though every rustle on the grass isn't a snake <laughs> the one time that it is a snake <laughs> yeah you get killed oh. So the people who learn how to filter all this stuff out and they never pay attention to the rustling on the grass because they know that it most likely isn't a snake, um, they don't pass their genes on. Mm -hmm. And the person who jumps every time he hears a rustling in the woods and who makes everybody around them crazy, you know, the, the snake doesn't get him. And so it, may, maybe it does serve something. Um, maybe that's you know the, the 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 willingness to not believe what you've been fed may lead you to be a very creative person. It may lead you to be a, a scientist that doesn't throw out the piece of moldy bread, but but <laughs> studies its properties and discovers penicillin. So again, I mean, I I I actually I mean I do think most of this stuff is crazy. But it isn't just crazy. It's like it, it's also some of the most important stuff that there is. Mm -hmm. Right. So I'm um, glad I glad I, I recaptured that trend. <laughs> that was that was Here. fascinating. We're, so we are genetically. It again. It, it's that thin line. It, it, it is is part of what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and there there is. Uh, and again, we're pattern seeking animals. And if we didn't have that built into us. As you said, we never would have survived in the tundra because the snakes would have gotten us. Um, getting getting more back to specifics uh, to, to tie in when we were talking about, uh, I guess I have one comment and one question going back to, to David Icke. He, um, so his series have been specifically connected to Gnosticism, and you can find it online because some of the, the Gnostic texts describe the, the archons who are spiritual entities that truly rule the world as having an appearance and a lot of times it's an animalistic appearance uh or they're like they're like lizards snakes and crocodiles mm -hmm. so i i don't think it goes gnosticism then david icky right i i don't think there's a straight line but i believe that david icky or some of his followers got this idea of the the shape-shifting lizard overlords then go back to the gnostic scriptures and have found proof of their theories so you can actually find online oh you know our 
our ideas about these shape-shifting lizards, uh, you can actually read them in texts that are thousands of years old, right? It says right here, the rulers of the world are actually big snakes. Um, so I find that very interesting. But my, my specific question for you, Arthur, about David Ickeep is um, I also have sort of a complicated relationship with him because, uh, as you're saying, like, you know, I, I think I actually do think that the man is, is nuts. Uh, I think he did have some sort of psychotic break. But sometimes, you know, I also hate some of the same people that he hates. And I also like some of his ideas. But he, he is also often accused of being an anti-Semite. Um, and, and people have said, because there's also a long history in the West of, of kind of using this reptilian imagery for Jews. Uh, or saying that they're not fully human. They're, they're really, you know, maybe not in a literal sense. But, ah, uh, you know, those, those, scaly, those scaly Jews. So some people are saying that... that he is actually speaking in a code that he he is actually an anti-semite who thinks that that the jews run the world uh and he doesn't believe in literal shape-shifting lizard people or he thinks that they are if he does believe in literal shape-shifting people that it's directly connected to a jewish conspiracy do you have any ideas or feelings about that um my thought my ideas about anti-semitism and about zionism and about judaism are so fraught and so complicated that it's hard for me to just go into them quickly. <laughs> um, right. okay. I, I'm, you know, one of the things that I've seen with with him, he, he's he's very pro-Palestinian. Um, so am I, at this point. You know, I think Israel's an apartheid country, it, 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 and I'm very opposed to the government there. And I think that Zionism is kind of a a a a tragic philosophy that um comes out of great tragedy and has created great tragedy and i suspect that history will look at zionism as a as a, as a very tragic episode that has um comes out of terrible pain and has created terrible pain and ike says you know i'm not anti-jewish i'm anti-zionist um I think that's bullshit. I think he is anti-Semitic because of the um, because of the use of the protocols. Um, right. And I do think that um, there, there's a fascinating book called Anti-Judaism by um, I think his name is David Nirenberg, but I may not have the name right and I may not have the title right. But it's a just magisterial book that was published by Norton a couple years ago that says that, let's face it, Western civilization is founded, uh, Christian Western civilization is founded on not being Jewish. Mm -hmm. um, that the, the difference, the, the, the antinomy of the rule of love and the rule of law um, and that it isn't really about Jews particularly, that some of the most anti-Semitic episodes in history happened in countries that didn't particularly have Jews, in places that didn't particularly have Jews. The, the idea of the Jew, though, is, is, is this huge thing. And um, it's something that has just terrible consequences for people that are Jewish. And, um, you know, Nesta Webster was a, um, she was an English conspiracy theorist 
who traced um, she traced everything back to Babylon and and Satan and Judaism, and she had the opportunity to popularize the protocols in the twenties, and she did. Um, maybe you know, Ike, Maybe he has Jewish friends and all that. But I just with the protocols, it's kind of a line for me. When when you can deem it, when 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 you 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 can't you know in <laughs> Cooper when when he printed the protocols and in, in his um in his afterward he said you know it's really the Masons and the bankers that I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about regular Jewish people. But it, it's 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 a demonization that that's terrible. And to mm-hmm. me, it's it's also. Um, you know, it, it it's kind of a um, it's such a horrible book. Um, it's such a horrible book morally, but it's also intellectually, it's such a horrible book. It's terribly written. <laughs> it's ludicrous. You know, when you read it, you can't believe that anybody would believe this garbage. And it it um, it it. If somebody does, it it um, you know it it, it 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 undercuts them in a terrible way. So that's I said I couldn't give a I, I don't I don't know that I don't know that I just gave you a very good answer and it wasn't a short answer, but um, <laughs> oh I thought it was I, an excellent I, answer. But I, I find myself in this position all the time where where. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not a, I'm not a Zionist, and I'm not a, and I'm not pro-Israel, and I'm very, very sensitive to anti-Semitism. I see it everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, that's 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 my long answer. <laughs> Changing the subject, uh, the um, so uh, I personally have no problem, and I don't think any kind of practicing Gnostic would. There is this idea, and you can find it among some practicing Gnostics that. That Jesus marries Mary Magdalene together, and they sort of had a spiritual holy wedding, and, and the two of them represents the male and female aspects of of the divinity. Um, so I, I just want to say, you know, there, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not. I don't want to try to disprove that. But there's also this sort of conspiracy idea that that Jesus married Mary Magdalene, and they they had a child, and then this this child started a lineage that used to rule the world, specifically France, and maybe ruling the world right now. So that that's something I think might be a little bit kooky. And that's sort of the idea that pops up in famously the Da Vinci Code. Is this an idea that was just in, invented by the writer of the Da Vinci Code? Or is this a conspiracy theory that's kind of floating out there? And, and if so, where did it come from? Well, we know where it came from. It came from a book that was published in the 60s called the... Um, the the cursed gold. What what is the French title? I have it written down here. Give me a second and I'll tell you. Um, and then there was another bestseller called um. Okay. Um, Pierre Plantard and his book was called L'Or de Rennes. And he claimed that he was a descendant of the Merovingians himself. And he actually planted some documents in the Bibliothèque Nationale. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then, despite the fact that he got discovered and discredited, there was another bestseller, like 20 years later, called Holy Blood, Holy Grail. And Dan Brown read that book, and he read the the other book, and he put it together with the Knights Templar and with the Masons, and and gave it a kind of feminist twist, and also wrote a great chase scene. I mean, the whole book is one long chase scene. Mm -hmm. And it was... um, the book after that about the Masons is is so boring, <laughs> but the Da Vinci Code was a pretty fast read, and yeah. trillions of people read it, and they wanted to read it. Now, look, if Jesus and Mary Magdalene got married, God bless them. We don't know a lot about Jesus. He, you know, he really might have been married for all we know. There, there, there's not yeah. a lot. There's not. A, we don't know a lot about him. He might have married Mary Magdalene. He might have. Um, the thing is that. Aren't we pretty much related to everybody that ever lived? I mean, if 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 their bloodlines survive, then pretty much everyone in the world is a part of it. I mean, the, the um, it's like it's kind of a silly idea that 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 the bloodline would 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 still exist and mean something. 2,000 years later, I mean, doesn't there's trillions of people that are related to Genghis Khan. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if if we could get Jesus's DNA, um, a lot of people would be related to him. If he had kids, if he didn't have kids, nobody would be related to him. <laughs> um, and someday maybe we'll get. You know, there was that that um, James brother of Jesus mm-hmm. ossuary thing that turned out to be a fraud. But I think one of the things they did was scrape it for DNA. Oh really? <laughs> be- <laughs> because um, should we find a physical artifact of Jesus? I think you know a lot of people would be related to him. It's just yeah. it's not that interesting to me. Um, the story that there's a secret society that's, you know, um, well, that's very Gnostic and everything. And um, and it also, you know, it's conspiracy theory-ish. And um, the idea that the Catholic Church is this completely evil corporation that wants to stamp out this good idea is one that resonates with a lot of people. I mean, it's... it's um, it's a story that could have been told and was told hundreds and hundreds of times over the centuries. And um, and Dan Brown wrote a bestseller about it. Um, I mean, I, I, I know it's important to people. Um, it isn't... It's funny that... I mean... It really has been pretty decisively debunked, as far as as this guy, you know, Plantard. He he actually he he started he 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 chartered a, a society called the Priory of Zion in the fifties, and he was trying to build a resort community called um, Zion or something, and and he was oh. going to tell tell the story that it was associated with the Priory of Zion. There was a Priory of Zion in the 1300s in Jerusalem, and when the Arabs, when the Muslims took back Jerusalem, they moved to Sicily, 
And then I think in 1617, they merged with the Jesuits. And so there's even a Jesuit connection. <laughs> but I mean, it, but it is, it is a real thing. I mean, the Templars are a real thing, too. Mm -hmm. But um, a lot of the stories about them, like, you know, them leaving tons of gold and mine shafts and the Southwest are probably not true. <laughs> or them having magic powers and so on. But just, just to clarify for the this Pierre Plantard, so this, this very popular Jesus married Mary Magdalene and started a bloodline conspiracy was was started by a, a French guy who planted some documents and wanted to open up a vacation resort. And is is that is that the is that the vacation? Um yeah, I mean maybe he got the idea that the actually he what I've read is is that he he connected the Priory of Zion to the Merovingians, but that it was the English book, Holy Blood, Holy Grail. That connected the Merovingians to Jesus, okay. um, and they probably got it from somewhere else. Um, but I, I, and I, and I might have even known exactly where they got it from at one point. But one of the things in in the Da Vinci Code that was weird to me was if Mary had lived with Jesus in France then why would her diary about how she lived with Jesus in France be in Jerusalem? Yeah. <laughs> I would have thought it would be in France. So It's like when but, people say things like the Acts of Thomas, uh, you know, that was actually written by Thomas, and yet it, it contains an account of his own death. So, <laughs> you know, he probably didn't write that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, that reminds me, sorry, you, you, um, this is just out of nowhere, but, uh, uh, well, not out of nowhere, but, but Arthur, during the video show, you, you did mention that uh, somebody claims that the Gospel of Philip lists all the different kinds of aliens. Well, yeah. Well, what, who, who makes that claim, or what, 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 do you know any more about that? I, I can't tell you, because I just, I was, I was Googling and I just, found that, that's a, a new one. That's a new one to me, and I'm sure some of our listeners will find that find that interesting. Though the gospel, it, of, it of was Philip very authoritative. It was very authoritative. <laughs> Aren't was, they all? Um, yeah. You know, it, it it what what are the alien types? There's the Greys and the I don't know. Uh, I'm watching the X Files oh. right now. They're probably going to talk a lot about that. Speaking of conspiracy theories, but he, he they he, do in X Files. They list the different kinds of aliens. Yeah. 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 Well, there. I mean, I I've. I I have immersed myself in that literature too and um and I don't feel particularly expert in it and it changes <laughs> it changes but it doesn't change because they keep telling the same stories it's like yeah. Roswell you know no matter how many times that poor air force spokesman that said that it was a flying saucer. He tried to take it back the next day. Mm -hmm. He did. He really tried. <laughs> um, and the thing, as with so many of these stories, the truth is kind of more interesting than 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 the myth. the The thing that crashed in Roswell, this this balloon, it was this project where they were listening for. I don't know if you know about this. There, 
the sound waves. Spy satellite. It wasn't a spy. It was a balloon, but it was listening for sound waves from nuclear explosions Hmm. that apparently, in in the very high atmosphere, they continue to resonate for a long time. And I, that's fantastic to me. It's such a strange idea that they could have been listening for the, uh, the, you know, they could have been looking for, for, um, for oral evidence. Um, what's, what's the word for, um, you know, that they, they, that they actually looking for the sound waves from nuclear explosions that had happened a while ago. Hmm. It's just, it's a strange idea to me that they would still be resonating out there. And that was, that was why they didn't want the thing, the program revealed. They couldn't, they couldn't say, look, here's pictures of the thing. But in the, um, I've, you know, I've read contemporary newspaper articles about what, what they found. I mean, like from the, the Roswell register or whatever the paper was. And it was like, you know, it was sticks and fabric. It wasn't a, um, it really wasn't a giant, giant flying saucer. And the story went away for a long time. And then, um, Somebody wrote a bestseller in the 60s, you know, almost 20 years later. And then you had these people like Colonel Corso published this book with random Colonel Philip Corso about Roswell, where, where, you know, we reverse engineered the iPhone from the the (laughs) Roswell technology and so on. Um, I, I find with a lot of I mean, we're getting away from from mysticism and Gnosticism and so on. But a lot of the stories that that get told around these things, to me, are less interesting than than, um, what the truth is. Hmm. I mean, I think the truth about this French swindler, the guy was a con man. Yeah. Um, It's interesting to (laughs) me. I too find find that fascinating. I find a lot of these origins, or, or just like the the tax hole host, right? Yeah, yeah. Or host. Exactly. I did too. Like, like the the true story is so 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 fascinating. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, uh, we are just out of time. So, uh, and we didn't even get to talk about the moon landing or the Bilderberg group or anything like that. But uh, maybe we'll save that for another. <laughs> I know Lyndon Larouche. I was I was hoping for Lyndon Larouche because I, I I haven't heard any conspiracy theories about the Martinists, and he claims that they run the world. So I was I was sad about that. Also, Montreal, where I live, is. Linda Rouge, of course, is an American politician, is is filthy with LaRouchians, and I find it very bizarre because, of course, we're not part of America. But. Okay, well, you know what? Let's let's do it. I don't care if we go a little over. So, uh, okay. Dan, Dan's going to yell at me from the from the booth, but yeah, go ahead. Let's do it. Linda LaRouche. What's interesting about Linda LaRouche? Actually, I I I googled him today. And I told Google I just wanted a story from, like, the last month. Mm-hmm. And what I found out was that he had endorsed very, very strong terms, Martin O'Malley. And the oh, well. Martin O'Malley campaign <laughs> has been desperately trying to disown it. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was very funny. It's like the only the only big endorsement that poor Martin O'Malley has gotten right. 94-year-old Lyndon LaRouche. 
Um, LaRouche is the most Catholic conspiracy, small c, Catholic conspiracy theorist of them all, I think. He takes everything. Um, you know, he started on the left. He was a Trotskyite. He, he's kind of a fascist. But, um, and, and the, his, what he's written about Martinism isn't that interesting to me. Um, mm -hmm. He's interested in, I mean, he followed some of the, the neo-Martinist fascist groups. I don't think he was really interested in, in um, Martin, St. Martin himself who was a, a Gnostic in, in the 18th century. Um, but LaRouche is, is a, um, he's a Protocols of the Elders of Zion conspiracy theorist. It's, it's the bankers, it's the Masons, it's the Jews. Now, a lot of people don't know that B'nai B'rith was founded as a, it was founded on the model of the Masons. And it was uh -huh. during... The, the great age of lodge societies, mm -hmm. um, you know, the Goodfellows and everything. There, there were around the time that B'nai B'rith was founded. It was also the time that Tocqueville was in the United States, and he couldn't get over how many, how many societies there were, lodge groups there were. They weren't secret societies particularly. They were, um, you know, they they were they were lodges. They mm. they they had secret rights and stuff, but they were clubs. Yeah, and the, the critter clubs and the rotary and exactly, yeah. and the and the B'nai B'rith was founded in those terms. There were lodges and there were I, I don't think there were initiations and stuff, but you had to be invited in. And Larouche just seized on that, and it's like, oh, you know, they're the Jewish Mason, they're the the arms of the Jewish Masons, and the Martinists that he's really interested in are the the. The Martinists in, in the early 20th century. In France, a lot of them were fascists. Mm. So, um, but what he claims is, oh, I, I have a line from him that I wrote too, that I copied down. He, um, no, I didn't, I didn't write it down. But he connects them to, um, he says the um, the Martinists are connected to far right groups, including the um, editorial page of the Wall Street Journal, the Mont Pelerin Society, and it's it's and and Benet Brith, I think he said it. it's it's a weird collection of groups, but it's remarkable how how um, there was there was a a isolationist tract from the 1930s that was um, was a pamphlet that was published that was um, the the pseudonym on it was Cincinnatus and it was why we shouldn't go into the war because it was a a Jewish war and the Jewish arms dealers had led us into World War One and it was a mistake and so on and so, um, somebody and I, I read this years ago, and I, I don't remember it exactly, but somebody has traced all of this, um, that forgotten pamphlet from a 1930s anti-Semite has been quoted and, and paraphrased many, many times in LaRouche's writing. Mm -hmm. And again, you finally, you look for the template, 
and you throw up your hands and you realize again it's the protocols of the elders of Zion it's the right. Masonic Jewish bankers nexus that's uh, that's kind of the, the root of all of it huh um, pretty much <laughs> <laughs> yeah. there's nothing original under the sun <laughs> uh, in the 80s, Saturday Night Live had a, a recurring sketch called Linda LaRouche Masterpiece Theater where they would act out some of his conspiracy theories. And I, and I, I know he said that the Queen of England uh, sells drugs. Well, she's, she's part of a drug ring. She doesn't directly sell drugs, but it helps She could finance. use the money, yeah. Yeah, she could, yes. There was, um, so I highly recommend people track that down online. The, the anti-English conspiracy theory, you know, that... The, goes back to the to the free silver movement and agrarian populism in the United States in the 19th century um, coin Harvey um, it, the the Rothschild Bank was in London and the Bank of London uh. was was at, at the the nexus of, of the the gold and silver conspiracies some of this stuff is so old you know people don't remember the silverite controversies and William Jennings Bryan's cross of gold and but essentially the, the um, a lot of agrarian populists they were discovering that the Jews were the enemy the Jewish bankers were the enemy but they thought that they were working through the Bank of London through the Bank of England and um, you know and and LaRouche also has like a bloodline like Ike's with, with the the Bushes and the Queen of England and he has the, the and there's all this you know the, 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 the 20 families that rule the world and it's like the families that are related to Jesus too I mean it, it's it this stuff just keeps coming up again and again and again yeah. it makes me wonder what would in a, a, like a truly original conspiracy theory look like <laughs> <laughs> like maybe we should just make one up and uh, see if it catches on. <laughs> All right. Well, okay, that's great. Uh, Jonathan, are you satisfied with? Uh, <laughs> I, I am, yes. All right. So, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Dan has been uh, texting me. He wants to hear about the moon landing, but too bad we're not going to talk about that um, because that was actually true. So don't tell anybody. Uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, we should wrap it up because, uh, you know, we're going to get we're going to get hassle from Chelmsford Telemedia for being too long. They, they like it to be a certain length. But anyway, thank you once again. Uh, th we, we had a great conversation. And um, again, uh, Arthur Goldwag, and you can find his books on uh, Amazon and where, wherever fine books are sold. Uh, his website, uh, arthurgoldwag.com, will be listed in the uh, various places where we list things. So thank you, Arthur. It was a great conversation. We're very happy to have you. Okay, thank you. All right. And for everybody who is listening along at home, we'll see you next week. Good night. This has been a production of the Gnostic Wisdom Network. For more information about this and all of GWN's programming, please visit GnosticWisdom.net. The opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the opinions of GWN, the Apostolic Joannite Church, or any other organization. This has been released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 4.0 International License and is brought to you by the generous support of our patrons. 
To support our programs and become a patron, please visit patreon.com slash gnostic. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash g-n-o-s-t-i-c. 